Welcome to the Food, Peace, Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Ag Quality Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize that there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now let's get this party started. Hey, 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 friends. Welcome back to the Food Peace Please podcast. Susan here, and I'm coming at you solo today. And I'm coming because I really have it. It's been on my heart that I want to share with you more about our fertility journey. And to be honest, this is something that I haven't really ever shared a lot of details about publicly, but I, I, I'm just feeling called to do so. Um, and I, this is going to be more than just about our fertility journey. This is going to be talking about some of the emotional side of things and some of the things that I've learned in the four and a half, almost five years that we've been trying to conceive. And funny story for you, I already recorded this entire thing with my microphone on mute. So <laughs> this is my second run through it. Um, but I I really hope that what you find in this is comfort and peace and reassurance. And I hope that you find this encouraging. I do not, and this is one of my biggest things, and this is actually part of the reason why I've never really shared much about my stories. I do not want you to compare your journey to my journey, because this is something that I have struggled with extremely hard in our journey is constantly comparing my journey to someone else's journey and making their journey about my journey. And here's the thing, they're two completely separate things. And my journey has nothing to do with you and your journey. And our experiences are going to be totally different. This is my journey. And your journey is your journey. And Please do not take anything that I say to mean anything about your journey. So with that being said, I'm going to get into this. And just so you know, as a heads up, like I am going to talk about like some of our diagnosis. I'm going to talk about treatments um, and those types of things. So if you are not ready to hear that kind of thing, um, I totally respect that. But just to know that I am going to talk about that, but then we're also going to talk about like the emotional side of things as well. So without further ado, let's get into it. So my husband, Eric, and I started trying to conceive in the summer of 2017. At that time, we'd been married for two years and we were excited. Like some of our friends were pregnant or had kids and no one really had any trouble getting pregnant. And honestly, naively, I thought we'd get pregnant right away or at least within a few months. And I remember after the first month, my period was later than normal and I just like assumed I was pregnant. Obviously, that turned out not to be the case. But After three or four months of trying, I started to get nervous that something may be wrong. But the thing is, at the time, I was 27, and so, you know, they'd say, like, wait a year. It could take a year. So we did that. We waited the year. But the thing I want to say here is don't be fooled. The first year of trying was really, really hard. Each time someone told me they were pregnant or I saw another pregnancy announcement, I was absolutely crushed. 
I couldn't understand why it was working for others and not working for us. And it seemingly was so incredibly easy for others. And I just couldn't understand that what we had done wrong. There were so many little things that happened throughout that time that I just felt like my dreams are being crushed one by one, like flicking off a light bulb on a string of Christmas lights, like just shattering to pieces. And I don't remember seeing this at the time, but looking back on it, it feels like I was slowly fading into the sidelines of my life. Suddenly, it felt like a lot of things weren't going my way. I wasn't happy in my job. It felt like all this pressure was mounting around getting pregnant. And looking back, I realized that this is really when I started to put pregnancy and motherhood on a pedestal. And what I mean when I say that is like literally up on a pedestal of like this thing that you can't reach and like you're trying so hard to reach it, but you can't get to it. And I thought at the time that if I could just get pregnant, all of my problems would go away. My job would magically get better or maybe yet I would just end up quitting and be a full-time stay-at-home mom. Like I didn't know, but like all of my happiness was riding on getting pregnant. And once we hit that year mark, I finally decided, okay, we're going to go get some labs done and see what's going on. So I did the lab work. My lab work came back normal. So they're like, okay, you should go get a sperm analysis. So we did that. The sperm analysis came back abnormal. And honestly, we were surprised. And But we looked at it and we chalked it up to like, oh, we're really stressed. Um, we were in the middle of finishing some renovations on our first home and selling it and buying a new house. And so we're like, we just need more time. All we need is less stress and more time. And if I could say if there was a mantra for probably like the first three years of our fertility journey, it was that. All we need is less stress and more time. So the thing was, when we weren't pregnant yet the following spring, we decided to finally follow up with a reproductive urologist. And honestly, I didn't really know what to expect from that appointment. Um, And I don't think that Eric did either. But it definitely didn't go the way we expected it to go. And Eric ended up being diagnosed with a varicocele vein, which impacts the quality of sperm. So we were basically told at that appointment we had two options. We could start fertility treatments or we could pursue surgery. Both at the time were not going to be covered by our insurance. So we really just opted to start treatment and stick our money into that, thinking that this is going to be the fastest route to pregnancy. So we started with IUIs. But I remember driving home from that appointment in like complete shock. And, you know, on one hand, it was like, okay, so we have some answers and we have potential solutions. But on the other hand, I was just, it it sucked, you know? And we were shocked that there was something more going on than just stress. So about a month later, we started IUIs. And after about five months of IUI treatments and no positive pregnancy test, we decided to take a break and reevaluate because if you know anything about fertility treatments, it's like a two-week, you live your life, e- the whole time you're on a fertility journey, you live your life in a two-week time frame. But I felt like IUIs really did that as well. And at this point, we were like well into over two years of trying to conceive and the stress and the anxiety and the depression were just building. But for some reason, I kept focusing on the long game and I could not tell you what made me focus on that other than like God was just giving me that sign. Um, And I kept saying, 
you know, to my husband where we want two kids. So if we correct the problem, maybe we can prevent us from having to go through this again in the future. So by early spring of 2020, we had decided to pursue the varicocele surgery. And we were lucky enough at that time to actually have insurance coverage of the procedure. And then the pandemic hit. And if you remember, elective surgeries are canceled. And this, of course, is an elective surgery. Luckily, his surgery wasn't scheduled until June, and they happened to start elective surgeries, I think, just a few weeks before he was scheduled to have the surgery, and thank God he was able to have it. Like, I I don't know at the time. I, I know I would have handled it, but having a setback of waiting, and I know a lot of people did have to wait longer than they were initially planning. Um it would have been rough, but the surgery went well. And again, we were back on this like hopeful train of like, okay, this is going to work. We're finally on the path. Like we're going to get pregnant in a few months and we can move on from this. And you know, the thing is the hardest thing about fertility is that whenever you do something to improve your fertility, whether it's for men or women, it takes time for results to show. So it takes at least three months for both men and women and especially to see the benefits of this particular surgery. And actually, in fact, it's three to 12 months is the average time frame to see the benefits of the surgery. So we started to see improvements, um, you know, three to six months afterwards. So we started to do IUIs again. Um, and after a few failed cycles, we were back to taking a break because I was like, this just, this isn't working. I, again, am frustrated and can't figure out why isn't this working? Like, why have we done so many of these and none of them are working? And, you know, the entire time the doctor's talking to us about moving on to IVF, but to be honest with you, like, I was just not ready. And I think it's like, you know, in my head, IVF was like the worst case scenario. You know, it's expensive, it's invasive, and being raised Catholic, and I still am actively practicing Catholic, it wasn't exactly the recommended approach. And I was so frustrated and so ashamed. Why after all of this time, like my body couldn't figure out how to do this. And not only that, like, but like, of course the surgery was helping. And so I was also doing like all of the things to support my body, like chiropractic, acupuncture, supplements, like all of it, like you name it, I was probably doing it. And honestly, it just, it was feeling like at this point, like I was literally just throwing a wet noodle at the wall, hoping that something would stick. And after all, they kept saying like, nothing was wrong with me. And now nothing was wrong with my husband either. And in the spring of 2021, as we neared that one year mark of Eric's surgery, we finally decided to just move forward with IVF. And honestly, it felt like such a relief to me. Finally, it wasn't all up to me, and and I was so sure I would go – it would work. I really wasn't even that anxious about it not working. When our egg retrieval didn't go as planned and we got fewer eggs than expected, I tried to remain positive, but honestly, it was hard. Ultimately, we ended up with two frozen embryos, of which neither of them took. So there we were, three months later – thousands of dollars spent and nothing. I was shocked. IVF is supposed to work, right? Like it's a slam dunk. 
that is at least what I thought. And honestly, when it didn't work, it was a huge slap in the face. And I think I was officially defeated. And the only explanation the doctor could really give us was like, it must have been egg quality. You know, my AMH was lower than expected, although still normal. And I didn't respond to the meds the way they had expected. And so we ended up with fewer eggs than they were hoping. And this was all just like devastating. And I think at the time, like, I just didn't even know what to do with it. And I remember saying to like multiple people, I will never do IVF again. I will not do any more fertility treatments. Like this is just, this is ridiculous. And one of the things that I want to say is I, if you've been there on your journey, I totally get it. And it's also okay to change your mind. It's okay to say that you're done and then to give it the time for you to heal and then to decide that you're ready to start again. Because about six weeks after our last failed transfer, Eric was offered an opportunity through his work to run a project in Pennsylvania for a year and a half. And you can imagine my reaction because at the time, we were just about to move into our brand new home. We spent the last like six to nine months like planning and building, and it was beautiful. And I was like, couldn't wait to be living there. It was exactly like it was us. Like that house was like a labor of love. Um, and it, it depicts like our personalities. And but we saw the opportunity to continue building this life that we want together. So side note, we still have our house in Wisconsin. <laughs> um, so February of this year, we started living between Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. Um and a few weeks before we were about to embark on this adventure, I was visiting with my mother-in-law and she was asking me like, oh, are you guys going to like see if there's like a clinic out there? And I was like, you know, yeah. And it just like randomly like popped in my head, like a clinic that I've had some clients use before and I've heard good things about. So I just like Googled it and come to find out like it's relatively like it's within an hour of where we're living here and looking more into it like they just have incredible success rates they have amazing IVF opportunities that we would never have at home and I was just like like it just gives me goosebumps just thinking about it because this is just like it just felt like it was meant to be um And so we are actually going to be starting IVF again very soon. And it feels like things are like, it just feels good. It feels good to be starting it again. It feels good to have this like fresh start with a new clinic and a new set of eyes. Um, And we're excited about it. And I've been doing all of this, uh, taking care of like my body and, Um, not that I wasn't taking care of my body before. I think I just realized that, you know, in some of our previous episodes, Serena and I have talked about anxiety and how that can create like chronic stress on the body. And I think, um, I've just done a lot more to like support my body, um, in dealing with like my chronic anxiety. So that way, um, my body just like feels better. And it's definitely been reflected in like, my AMH is way different than it was. And that was something I was completely shocked by as well. Um, So there are good things happening here. And one of the things that I just want to say is, you know, infertility changes you. And 
you might be nodding along as you hear this. Um, and you might be thinking that it's all bad. It changes you for like the worst, but I actually believe it's changed me for the better. And to be honest with you, I don't want to be the person I was five years ago. This version of me that I am now is the most me that I've ever been. And I'm stronger emotionally than I ever thought possible. And I've realized that I can like I can fight harder than I ever imagined. Like there was a time when I couldn't imagine that we would have to wait this long. And yet here we are. And I can truly say that there is a purpose in the journey if you allow yourself to see it. And while that can be really incredibly hard, I just want you to reflect on that for a minute. Like, don't get me wrong. There are really hard days and there's going to be a lot more hard days. Like, this is not over. We are not on the other side of the storm. We are not on the other side of the rainbow. But you don't have to find the good in everything or be positive all the time in order to see that there can be a bright side to all of this. And you can find peace and happiness along the way. You know, the thing that I see is like infertility is not something that you can see by just looking at someone, right? Like it could be impacting so many couples that you walk by every single day, but you would never know because it's a silent battle. And a lot of times people don't say anything. And I think that's part of the reason why I felt so called to talk about this because I just feel like for the people that don't want to talk about it, like I just want to talk about it because I want this to be more normalized. I want there to be less stigma around fertility treatments and IVF. I want you to understand that it, you're not alone. And one of the things that I've noticed is like, even though like we're fighting this and so many others are fighting this, like you continue to live your lives. Like you can't just stop going to work. You can't just you know, lay in bed all day. I mean, some days like absolutely, you absolutely can. Um, but you continue to live your life. And the thing about our journey is it really made me evaluate all areas of my life. And it really finally pushed me to take the risk and to become an entrepreneur. And being an entrepreneur is honestly, it is one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Um, and it's very much so paralleled my fertility journey. But it's also super rewarding. And, you know, time is a really funny thing. They say that the days are long and the years are short. And I truly believe that that is so true. Like I cannot believe that we've been on this journey for as long as we have been. And there were days where this was so incredibly long, but reflecting back on the years, like it feels shorter than I could imagine. And I always say like we have been given this gift of time in our marriage before having kids that is so much longer than we ever anticipated, but we keep living. And even though being parents is one of our biggest dreams, we have other dreams too. And I just imagine that you do too. Like, and in reality, like your kids in your future baby, like they want you to have other dreams besides them. Like they want you to live your life. So I'm here to tell you, like, take the freaking vacation, like change the job, start the business, buy a new house or build one too, if you're like us, (laughs) because we've done both. Um, And just take the chance because as hard as it is to believe, 
this, like God truly has a plan for you and he has a plan for us too. And while it has been so hard for me to trust in his plan, like you guys, I'm leveling with you. Like this is a daily, a daily struggle for me is to trust that there is a bigger plan at play and that it's all going to work out better than I ever imagined. But the thing is like, I can see now over the last several years, how it is playing out better than I could ever imagine. It's just, it's really, it's an active thing to try to see that side of it every single day. So I hope that sharing this with you just like causes you to pause and reflect on like, what are the things that have been beneficial that have come out of your fertility journey? And to see that Well, you don't have to be like positive and happy-go-lucky all the time about it because that is just not realistic at all. But to see that it's okay to see the good in this. Like, you know, even though you might look back and some days you're like, this is the worst because I have days like that too where I'm like texting my friend and I'm like, this is the worst. (laughs) And, And that's okay. Like hold space for those days, but just know that it's okay to see that there's like a bigger planet play and that there's positive things that can come from this and that like ultimately like you're going to get to the other side of it just like we're going to get to the other side of it and you're going to feel like you've learned so much about yourself and ultimately like that's going to make you a better mom. So I hope that this brought you some peace, some love, some happiness, some just a little bit of feel goods for you today. And if you enjoy this episode, please send me a DM. Like my DMs are always open. If you just need to chat about fertility stuff, that's what I'm there for. Um, and please, please, please let me know if this is helpful, if you loved it. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for joining us. If you are a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to simplejoyfulnutrition.com to grab your free guide to get started boosting your egg quality.